Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Father, I pray for our Melbourne location. Thank you, God, for the seeds that have been sown over the generations. I, I, I thank God for the prayers um, that, have, that have been poured out over this place. Um, you think about it, God, the, the, the years and years of sowing and, and, and plowing and, 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 and planting and, and, and that harvest that, that is, is coming is so significant and so, so great. We, we pray um, your favor, your, your blessing, your guidance, your supernatural direction over this church. We, we anticipate by faith the great harvest that you're bringing to this church church, to see lives change for eternity, see people come to Christ like never before. We thank you for this church. We pray in Jesus' name. Uh, I also want to honor Gab and, and, and Bro. Bro's my, my good mate. We talk weekly. Um, uh, Bronson, if, if you can't call him Bro because he's your pastor, so you've got to be a bit more reverential hey, and respectful. But I can call him Bro because we're kind of, we're, we're peers. Uh, bro's a charger. You know, we walk Kokoda together. We hiked up Mount Bar. Freer in North Queensland together. He may have been the best dressed uh, hiker uh, on the whole expedition. He had everything that the knee bands, the wristbands, the gloves. He is just he's awesome. Um, and uh, he could have been a spokesman for Katmandu or one of those companies because he just is, is picture perfect with his hair and just he, uh, but he's uh, he, he never quits. Uh, he, he's consistent. And I love about Gabby. And Bronson, it's, it's almost a little bit about this church, a hardworking, faithful, consistent, never quit, keep showing up, uh, excellence, um, give it their all, um, they're very capable, very talented. Um, you know, I just love that about our church, and I think it's a reflection of, of our leadership with uh, uh, Bronson and Gabby, how they just constantly pour in and build um, this great church. So I do want to honor them. Bonnie and I uh, are grateful to be here with you today. Thank you for, for allowing us to share God's word. And we love Melbs. Melbs is the place to be. Love coming down here. We're about to go on a trip. We're going to rent an RV. Never driven an RV before. Hopefully we don't crash it. And we're going down the Great Ocean Road with my two boys looking for some surf. So we can't wait uh, to embrace Melbourne the rest of this week. Um, I, I believe that um, there's a story in Scripture I'm going to share about today and I believe it's a bit of a prophetic word for us as a church. And what God did in this story thousands of years ago, I believe he wants to do in us today. That's what I love about the scripture, that, that it's, it's live, it's, it's active, it's, it's, it's real. And, and, and what was written years and years ago on the pages of the Bible, we can apply and, and live out in our own lives in our church. But this is more of a call uh, for our church. This story, I feel, will really resonate in you and resonate in the spiritual realm for where God wants to take. Melbourne is this big, 
diverse city. It's bold. It's the fastest growing city. There's, there's so much incredible um, diversity about this city. And, and, and I just feel that this church has a role to play in reaching this city for Jesus Christ. And sometimes we look around at our circumstances and say, how? That's what I'm going to share about today. But God's up to something bigger and greater that we may even understand. And so let's jump straight in to God's word. We're going to jump into Judges uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Yet again, the people of Israel went back to doing evil in God's sight. This is a bit of a uh, repetition, if you read the Old Testament, the, the children of Israel, if you knew the church through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob were God's people set aside to live his ways, to be an example to the rest of the world of the promises of God when you follow his rules. But they would only follow for a generation, then they'd quit uh, they'd, they'd throw in the towel, they'd walk away and they'd do their own thing. And there was this constant battle between them uh, being corrected and then coming back to God. And our life is, is no different. It's, it's interesting how we often live the same way. Um, what happened? God put them under the do, uh, dominion of the Midianite for seven years. Midian overpowered Israel because of, of Midian. The people of Israel uh, made for themselves hideouts. In the mountains, caves, and forts. And when Israel planted crops, Midian and Amalek, the Easterners, would invade them. Camped in their fields, like moving into their home and just took over. Opened the fridge, you know, took the, the, the beer. We don't, we don't drink beer in Melbourne, do we? drink Merlot and, and we, 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 you know, wines and, and quality. And so took the olives and, and the and the. And the Shatter and, and all the stuff out of their fridge, and uh, and and they would uh, destroy their their, their crops and uh, all the way down to Gaza. They left nothing for them to live on, nothing, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. Uh, bringing their cattle and tents, they came in and took over like an invasion of locusts. And their camels, uh, past counting, they marched in and devastated the country. The people of Israel were reduced to grinding poverty. By Midian, and what happened? What happened? They cried out to God for help. There's a whole message we could preach about how we constantly need to cry out to God for help. Don't rely on our own strength, but stay submitted unto Him. But that's for another day. Let's move on and see in verse 7 what happened when the people cried out to God. Um, God sent them a prophet with this message. God, the God of Israel, says that I delivered you from Egypt. I freed you from life of slavery. I rescued you from Egypt's brutality. And then from every oppressor, I pushed them out of your way and gave you their land. You know, today God could say, I sent my son Jesus Christ to deliver you from sin. I sent Jesus Christ to lift you up out of your, your mire and your poverty of sinfulness. And I, I rescued you. I redeemed you back to the Father that you could have a relationship. You know, you could say, look what I've done. I've, I've healed you. I've, I've set you free. God, God could be saying to you today that Jesus has done the work and through him we can be saved and it's almost like that prophetic edge that, that God was talking to them and he said and I say to you I'm the God your God don't for a minute be afraid be afraid 
Be afraid, we're going to park on that word in a moment, of the gods of the Amorites and those which land you're living. But you didn't listen to me. So why was God upset? Why was he upset? What was the real issue that the Israelites had done? What's the issue that we do? That causes offense towards our God. Well, according to Scripture, God was upset because they were afraid. It was their fear of the gods of the Amorites. Now, the word fear here in the Hebrew language is yarah. Yarah. Well, what does that mean? Well, that word means to stand in awe, to, to, to give reverence, to honor and respect. So, in other words, God was upset. Because the Israelites thought that the Amorites' gods, the Midianites' gods were bigger than their God. God's saying, hey, I'm the God of the universe. Why are you in awe of a false God? Why are you anxious and worried and why are you freaking out and and why are you responding out of fear and timidity? I'm the God of the universe. It's almost like they were slapping God in their face thinking that these circumstances were bigger than their God. And it's often that we find ourselves in the same place. Uh, they gave honor to the wrong thing. They stand in awe of the wrong thing. They gave Uriah to the wrong thing. We can do the same. We can stand in awe of our circumstances. We can stand in awe of our debt. We, we can stand in awe of COVID. We can stand in awe of the, 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 the complications of life. But God wants to remind us he is the ultimate God. And what happens when you stand in awe and fear something other than God, you retreat. You submit, you come under that thing that you fear. And so honestly, going through COVID for a pastor with our 10 locations, I kind of felt a bit like that. I sort of went more into survival mode. I, 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 God, we're shut down, our, our doors are closed. You know, we're, I, I shrunk back to kind of watching online in the living room between sort of coffee and, and correcting the kids and didn't really hear half of the message because I'm too busy keeping the boys in order. And, and it just, I retreated, I, I lost looking at my God and believing how big he is and believing what he can do. And I sort of shrunk back and I found myself becoming timid and, and, and I almost made decisions based on survival. And, and, and I was kind of camping out, honestly, spiritually in caves. I was like, I hope we make it through this. You know, Melbourne, I don't know if you're ever going to come out of lockdown, but if you ever do, I'll be with you, bro. But until then, you're on your own, you know. All the best. I can't come in anyway. You won't let me. Uh, and so, you know, it was just this real challenging time for us as pastors to lead through COVID. It's like nothing we've ever experienced. And honestly, a lot of us, our leaders, we shrunk back. And, and we're in awe of this thing called COVID. We're suddenly in awe of all the restrictions. We're, we're in awe of all the rules. And we lost our awe of our God. And so today I want to share, what, 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 how, do we, how do we overcome that? What, 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 do we, what do we do to work through that? And, and it comes down to three thoughts. And we're going to discover these in the scripture today. But it comes down to us understanding who we are. Because when we know who we are, we'll know what to do. So number one, we live as worshippers. 
Because God wants us to urah him. Always urah him. Like, like Zoe said, always urah. It's to give him honor, to respect, to put him first, basically. No matter what you face, no matter how bad the circumstances, no matter how dire things look, always urah our God. That's what we were created to do. So God was frustrated that the Israelites were in awe of something other than him. So let's give some background to understand why this happened. The Israelites were in awe of the Midianites. They were desert people descended from Abraham's second wife. Israel and the Midianites were bitter uh, enemies. Uh, and while wandering through the wilderness for 40 years after being delivered from Egypt, God instructed Moses to destroy them. Because the Midianites had enticed the Israelites to worship Baal. But God, but Moses failed to destroy them. Did you know that? He actually let all the young women live. Why is that? Moses was under pressure to find wives for all the Israeli boys. And rather than trust in God, he took matters into his own hands and he said, yeah, God, I know I'm supposed to destroy the Midianites so they won't take our hearts from you. And that's kind of makes sense. And I'll, I'll kill all the old people and the boys. But I'm going to leave the young girls because I'm under pressure to find wives for all these boys. Now, I've got four boys and, and I feel a bit of pressure to find great wives for them. But I have to say, Miles, step out, step back, let God do his thing. That's not my place. That's not my role. And my boy said, amen, God, leave, Dad, leave us alone. But Moses was under pressure, so he let these women live. They intermarried and took the hearts of the young men away from God. Isn't that interesting? Just a simple circumstantial pressure caused Israel to be in hiding in the caves. What did the Bible say? It was totally decimated. What, 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 what did it say in that scripture? They were reduced to grinding poverty. Why? Because Moses didn't trust in God to give them something they needed, which was some you know, wives for their boys. And so as a result, their hearts shifted and they stopped worshipping their God. What an amazing story. How often do we fear something other than God? For Moses feared, how is he going to find wives for his boys? Maybe for us, we fear we don't have enough money for retirement. Maybe we, we fear our kids are going to get good jobs or we fear our boss and they may fire us or we fear, uh, you know, not being enough for our children or we, or we fear, you know, try being rejected from our friends and so it causes us to act certain ways or we fear being rejected in the workplace or we fear being laughed at or we fear being scorned at because of our faith or whatever that fear is, if it comes above God, then we act differently and we make poor decisions. And so maybe there's something that you're fearing today, fearing your health, fearing your future. If your fear is above our God, then it's taking us away from him. Remember, we are worshippers. We're created to give worship to our God, to Yerah Him and Him alone, to honor Him, that He is enough. Our God is a jealous God. He, 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 he wants you and wants you to worship Him. Deuteronomy 10.20. 
You must fear who? Not, not your circumstances, not, 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 not your future. You must fear the Lord your God and worship Him. Number one, we have to understand we're worshippers. Our role is to worship Him and always put Him first. Secondly, we're called to live by faith, not by sight. So the story continues. God answers the prayer of the people. They didn't deserve it, but they're crying out and grinding poverty. So He responds and His love compelled Him to rescue them. I love no matter where we are, no matter how bad we've messed up, he's one prayer away. And, and, and the, you know, you may be, you're something other than God right now. You may be fearing something and putting it above God. He's one decision away to say, God, I'm sorry, I repent. I want to put you first. And God responds. I love that about our God. No matter if we mess up, no matter if we blow it, because we will. He's a loving God. He never quits on us. And, and he actually comes and he brings an answer. And we see this in verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. Gideon and said, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Well, what's happening here? Well, God hears the cry of the Israelites to rescue them from the Midianites. So he chooses an unlikely candidate called Gideon. And he says, go, O mighty man of valor. Now, valor means might, strength, wealth. Now, here's where the story gets interesting. Gideon wasn't showing any valor whatsoever. He was thrashing wheat in a wine press. What, what does that mean? Well, to thrash wheat means to get the chafe off the uh, outside of the grain. They would do it open on a hilltop so the wind would do the work and blow the chafe away, leaving the grain. But he was actually hiding, not on a mountaintop, but in the bottom of a wine press that, that's in, it, lower in the ground where there's no wind because he was hiding from the enemies. So what happened is it's actually harder work. The wind's not helping you. You know, you're hiding out. You've got to sift it and separate it by himself. So he's scared. He's hiding. Notice it was harder and quite humiliating. When you don't put God first in your life, he'll get your attention. You'll end up, it's going to be harder and humiliating. So there is actually a blessing and a strength to put God first and do it his ways. And it's easier and better. And he says, then I... Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites I am sending you. Go with the strength you have. So there was a strength that God saw in Gideon that he didn't see in himself. And here's the prophetic word I want to give to you. There is a strength in this place, in this church. There is a strength here. There is a strength of mature believers there is a strength of strong prayers. There is a strength of faithful givers. Come on, church. There is a strength of people who serve. There is a strength of hard work ethic that get up early on a Sunday and set up the outdoor area. There is a strength of faithful followers that serve in the kids' room every week. There is a strength of musicians. Today sounded amazing. I mean, this sounded incredible, the musicians and the singing. There is a strength of conviction in this place. There is, there is a strength of, of stability. There's not this bickering and fighting and, 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 and this crazy, you know, gossiping. There is this strength in this place. Let me tell you, there is a strength in this church. You may not see it, but God sees it and I see it. There is a strength in this church. 
And so Gideon's hiding out. Oh, well, this is all I've got for the rest of my life. I'm just going to be surviving, you know, trying to make a little bit of bread in this wine press, hiding away. And maybe you felt this is all that God's given us. You know, we've got that little area, a little territory. It's wonderful. But God's got more for you because there is a strength in this place. And the reason God gave this strength to Gideon was to deliver Israel. And the reason there is a strength in this place isn't just for our benefit, but it's for the people of Melbourne. There is a strength here. I can see it. I can feel it. As soon as I walked in, there was this joy. There's a strength of passion. There's a strength of quality of cooking. Come on, Jesus' name. Come on, we love our food. There's strength. There's a strength of good quality shoes. I reckon if we looked at the shoes in this church per capita, percentage-wise, we'd have better shoes than any other location. There is a strength in this place. Can you feel it? There is a strength. You may not see it. You may not recognize it, but I'm telling you, I do this for a living. I travel all over. There is a strength in this place. There is a strength of unity. Come on. We are for Gabby. We are for Bronson. We undergird them. We pray for them. We build them up. There is a strength in our respect and our honor for our, uh, for our authority over us. There is a strength. There's a strength in our building. How cool is this building? I love it. In Footscray, right? There's, there's suburbia right there. There, there's suburbia right there. There's that crazy cafe over there. Has anyone eaten at that cafe? Kind of people walk in and walk out. There's no sign. I think they're doing some drug deals or something over there. But anyway, there's a strength. There's a, we need to get them saved and get that money for the kingdom. And so there's a strength in this building. How good is outside in the cafe and the quality and the, and the rooms and this building? And there, there is a strength. There is a strength. I, want, I came here to remind you today, there is a strength. But, Lord, this is what you're saying. Right, this is what you're saying. Miles, we've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing this for... The, but, Lord, is Gideon, this may be, how can I rescue Israel? Yeah, Miles, there's a strength. Maybe someone else. Uh, you know, how are we going to make an impact? How are we going to change Melbourne? How are we going to impact people? But God. So often, we have this thought, and it's, I'll put it into my words, it's easy for you to say. Have you ever heard those words? Your boss says, you know, I want you to do this deal. Easy for you to say. You know, the coach says, I want you to take the ball up the front row. You know, easy for you to say. Yeah, you know, I want you to have some children and be a great parent. Easy for you to say. There's this word in our minds that we think easy for you to say. You know, God gives us all these commandments and these promises easy for you to say. Hey, easy for you to say. You're heading out in your RV going down the Great Ocean Road tomorrow. You know, you're not here for pack up you know you're not here next week for setup easy for you to come in and tell us how great we are and then just leave easy for you to say easy for you to say uh, God often asks us to do stuff and I often feel that I say this to God you know forgive your neighbor H how often God 70 times 7 uh, you know except that neighbor's dog starts barking and barks and barks and you know I forgive him the first night the second night but the third night I'm wanting to poison with rat poison that dog you know easy for you to say I oh, don't worry about money yeah easy for you to say I don't have a job you know, easy for you to say, I've got rent coming. Easy for you to say, uh, you know, don't trust me with your kids. Easy for you to say, we sent our son Jaden to America for a football scholarship. He got COVID, the whole place got COVID, the football season got cancelled and we can't get him home because the flights keep cancelling. Easy for you to say, right? Easy for you to say. 
Don't be anxious about anything. Don't, you know, don't be anxious about your future. Don't, don't be anxious about COVID. You're easy for you to say. Don't be anxious about your physical infirmity. Don't be anxious about the cancer that you have. Don't be anxious about, you know, the, 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 the timeline that, that the doctor's giving you. Easy for you to say, well, actually, it, it is easy for God to say because he's God. And he can actually say whatever he wants. And he can pull off whatever he says. He is God. He can do anything. And you may, may be in a situation where it seems hopeless, but I want you to be reminded God can do anything. God is bigger than any circumstance that you face. And what seems impossible, take heart, God can do it. Because it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And he's building our church. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? Here's, he gives reasons, okay? Here's the reasons. My clan is the weakest of the whole tribe of Manasseh. Wah, wah, wah. I'm the least in my family. Wah, wah. He gives all these limitations. And we do the same, God. We don't have the qualifications. You know, we don't have the finances. We don't have the people. You know, we, we don't have the, 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 the size auditorium. Or, or as a church, we can give God all the limitations, all the reasons. But if God says that he can do it, and we didn't establish our church for years and years in Melbourne not to reach the full potential that God has for us to deliver those Melbourneites out of sin into forgiveness through the grace of Jesus Christ. Easy for you to say it actually is because God can do it. And God sees a strength in you and I see a strength in you today. And so it's time to embrace it and believe it. Number one, we're called to live as worshippers. We're called to live by faith. And finally today, we're we're called to live out our calling, to live out our calling. So the Lord said to him, I will be what? I'll be with you. He responds to Gideon. And God would say, today I'm with you. You're not alone. I'm with you. I'm with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you're fighting against one man. In the end, the story uh, summarizes, Gideon takes 300 men, 300 men, reduced from 30,000, 300 men, and he actually defeats 100 and 20,000 Midianites. Unbelievable, miraculous story of, of God doing something through his might and his power. And that's the word I want to share to you today. God wants to build Elevation Melbourne. God wants to reach people, not destroy an enemy, but to destroy sin by people calling on the grace of Jesus Christ. And God has chosen you. Gideon didn't ask for it. Hey, he's hiding. You didn't ask for it. Too bad. So sad. He's chosen you. You are chosen and you are called. And there is a strength in this place that God wants to build this church to reach more people for Jesus Christ. I love how God uses the most unlikely people for ministry. And I love how we're going to look back in several years' time and think, wow, look at what you have done through us. And God is a God that just loves to confound the wise and loves to use the unlikely so that he gets the glory. Because when he works through us and we're limited and we are 
and he does something wonderful. He gets honored and he gets the glory. The truth is Gideon couldn't do it on his own, but God can do it through Gideon. We can't do it on our own, but God can do it through us. God called Gideon to build Israel. And God is calling each of you to build Elevation Melbourne. Well, what does that mean? How do I build it? Is it bricks and mortar? No, no, no. It's build it through prayer. It's build it through serving. It's build it through giving. It's building it through inviting. That may be the best weapon we have right now because what we have is amazing. It's amazing. It's like that hidden restaurant or that hidden coffee shop. You know, it's just so awesome. And, and, and there's, no, you know, the, the, there's no big queue and, and the price is good and it's accessible. And you lo- the, we, There's something special going on here. The relationships, the connections in this place are real. They're powerful. I feel the most powerful weapon to build our church is invite. Just, just bring someone in to enjoy the relationships with each other. Bring someone in to enjoy the fellowship with each other. Bring someone in to, to hear the, the word and the worship. But just, just invite. Oh, let Bronson do the inviting. No, no, no. God's called you. In fact, Gideon, he had to pull down all his father's idols. It was a big deal that he had to do. It was a bit of a challenge for him. This may be a challenge for you to have the confidence to invite. But I want to let you know, God is calling you today to build his church. And I believe inviting is such a critical tool to to get people to hear and to get connected and and to build this great church that he's doing. Like Gideon, God is calling you to build the church. Let me summarize with this as you musicians come. Calling comes from a Greek word, kaleo. Kaleo means you're invited to do something. We are here today because of the calling of God. Did you know that? The calling of God came on certain people. The calling of God came on Larry and Norma. The calling of God came on Bronson and Gabby. And today this kaleo, this calling is coming on you. Now imagine if you said, okay, Good on you, Larry and Norman. You said yes to the calling. Go for it, buddy. And Bronson and Gabby, good on you guys. You're crazy, but good on you for going to the calling. Imagine if it stopped there and you said no. You're here because of them saying yes to the calling. Am I correct? We wouldn't be here today if these other leaders had gone before us and said yes to the calling. Who knows who's going to be in this place? When I talk about the place, I don't mean a building. I mean in a place of faith in Christ. Their eternity secured. They're off to heaven. They're out of hell. The weight of it, the significance of it. Who knows how many people will be impacted by you saying yes to the calling to continue to build this church? It's interesting, isn't it? If, if Larry said no to the calling, we wouldn't be here. If Bronson and Gabby said no to the calling, we wouldn't be here. How many people are on the other side of you saying yes to the calling to build this great church. Father, I pray that we would say yes and continue to say yes to the calling. I know you're all here today.